This is going to be a very different episode. Um, if you are interested in the restricted hunting area thing that we have talked about a number of times on the podcast and in, in our Facebook page and social media in uh, Zoom calls, everything under the sun, this is a pretty fascinating uh, tidbit or snippet or window into that world. What you're about to hear is all audio from the February 2021 FWC commission meeting. So I'm going to walk you through the audio. The, the first clip that you're about to hear is from a developer. Right? I don't remember his name, but from a developer. And this comment came under a discussion of general hunting rules. And they're putting a new WMA in Sarasota County, or I think it's Sarasota County, Orange Hammock WMA. And you will hear the developer ask for a buffer zone. So I'm going to let that play. All right. Uh, operator, can we have our ner first speaker on this item? Yes, hello, thank you. This is Ron York, um, representing the adjacent parcel to the WMA, Orange Hammock, otherwise known as HMTA in Toledo Village. First, I want to thank the commission for the opportunity to speak to you today. And I also want to thank your staff for their generosity, time, and consideration of our proposal for providing a quarter-mile safety buffer from our shared boundary. Specifically, I'd like to acknowledge Commissioner Barreto, George Worthen, Paul Shrine, Jimmy Connor, Josh Agee, and Cully Lord. In prior discussions, our initial contact with FWC was in November of last year. And while no WMA plan was made available to us, we were told a buffer was not anticipated for our common boundary. A later conference call with George Worthen and Paul Shrine proved to be be lengthy and productive, but again, we were told no buffer was being considered at this time. For a little project history, uh, Toledo Village is an approved residential project with 3,500 homes at completion. Over 200 of those homes will be constructed within 50 feet of our common boundary line, and that is approved by the City of Northport. Toledo Village was planned and approved back in 2007. And while market conditions at that time delayed the project, we expect to commence construction within 18 months. So our main concerns are public safety. And being that that's one of the primary roles of government, allowing high-powered rifles within 50 feet of a residential community is just not considered safe. Many other states have adopted minimum distance requirements for hunting next to residential communities. And the buffer zone that we propose would provide for all the passive activities other than hunting and help avoid any potential economic impact on Toledo Village. In closing, we are not opposed to the WMA, and we know and understand the need to provide these amenities to the public. We are also avid outdoorsmen. And we see the advantages of having a WMA as our neighbor. However, providing this buffer will alleviate the risk of an accidental harm incident with one of our residents. My final two points, if the buffer safety zone is not provided for now, what expense will be incurred to do so at a later date? A quarter mile safety buffer would encompass only 3% of the total land of 5,800 acres for the WMA. Thank you for your consideration. 
of this effort, and thank you. We look forward to working with George Worthen and his staff going forward. Thank you, Ms. York. Now you're going to hear a voice that may be familiar to you guys. That is our friend Mike Alfenbein. We interviewed Mike on this season of Conversations. I think he was episode five. But Mike is going to come in and share a sentiment. He came in to make comments about the hunting rules package, which is what was being presented and got kind of uh, waylaid a little bit by this developer's comments. Uh, and Mike changes his comments. And I think the sentiment that he shares is one that I just wanted to bring back up because I think it's it's very familiar to a lot of us, a lot of people listening to this show, and a lot of people familiar with the RHA rule and the uh, ensuing discussion. So here are Mike's comments. Operator, can we have our next caller, please? Good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon, Commissioner Soul. Thank you so much for your time. I, uh, I'm going to change my comments after hearing the last one. Um, I'm befuddled by that. A developer is going to destroy habitat to build houses adjacent to a WMA so that the people who live there can enjoy the WMA, but he's got concerns with the safety of the hunters and the public who are going to enjoy the WMA. My suggestion would be instead of creating a buffer zone and limiting access to the public to that management area, Perhaps the developer should consider building a wall at their expense to protect their anticipated development from high-powered rifles, as opposed to trying to put that expense on the stakeholders and the dub and the WMA managers. In this case, FWC. And finally, these are Commissioner Commission Chair Rodney Barreto's comments. Now, I left these in as well. Again, none of this had anything to do with the RHA rule item. That's coming up in just a minute. But these are Commissioner Barreto's, Chairman Barreto's comments. And I want you to listen to these. But as you're listening to him comment about the impacts on a WMA with a, a zone of protection for housing, as you're listening to him talk about disclaimers for, for homeowners to sign, as you, as you listen to him talk, he indicates that he has a concern for this as Florida continues to grow and develop. And I believe the words that he says could very much be used in the conversation around restricted hunting areas as well. So I'm just going to leave this tidbit in here, and then he's going to he's going to call for a vote on it at the end, and then I'll come back to you. I just want to make one little observation, and this is something that we see in Miami-Dade County a lot, where we have a waste energy plant, and it's got a lot of land around it, but then the real estate market got real hot, and then all of a sudden the homes built all the way to the facility and then what happens is these people who, who who build their homes up to the facility start advocating that we don't want to waste energy plant in our backyard we you know we want it's too much noise it smells doesn't smell right so on and so forth so and uh, what they did is they made actually the developers put a disclosure in the seller documents that said you are moving next to the facility like basically say you're waiving your rights to go after this facility. So I guess I, I raise that issue because <laughs> as cities and counties will allow development to come right up to our wildlife management areas, don't come here and tell us that then you want to shut hunting down because we're not going don't, to, I don't believe that the commission would want to do that. At least one commissioner doesn't want to do that. But I think that people who are going to move right next to wildlife management area or their property will abut a wildlife management area need to know that they're hunting and and, and all sorts of activities go along in these wildlife management areas. So I think just, you know, maybe the staff needs to take a, a look a look around and maybe we need to start talking a little bit more about this and how we, because we're going to get confronted as more and more people move to Florida, as more and more development gets 
encroaches upon our wildlife management areas, this is going to become a problem. People are going to say, wait, I heard dogs, I heard guns, I, I'm worried about buggies and ATVs. So uh, I just want to caution or just kind of inform the commission. This will happen, so we just kind of need to keep our eyes open. So does anybody want to comment on that? Okay, seeing none, I will call the, I'll call the, um, uh, the vote. Okay, here we go in its entirety is the uh, presentation from FWC staff. You'll hear the Director of Hunting and Game Management, George Wortham, do that. And then you're going to hear the commissioners ask a couple of questions. And I'll probably interrupt right there to just point out one thing. And then you will hear all of our public comments, uh, un unedited, taken from the record. So um, all, all public comments, the, the 18 in, in uh, opposition to the rule and the two in favor of the rule. And then you will hear the end, the commissioner's comments on that. So this is a great way to gather this information, kind of share it with you guys quickly and easily and portably. So hopefully you enjoy this. Thank you, uh, Eric. Eric. Our next item is item F, which is our draft rule restricted hunting area establishment. Uh, George Worthen. George, you back up. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and good afternoon again, commissioners. This report covers proposed amendments to rules related to establishing bird sanctuaries in restricted hunting areas, or RHAs. Full summaries of all proposed draft rule changes are included in the additional background material. As Florida became more developed and hunting near residential areas increased, the FWC addressed safety concerns from the public by creating bird sanctuaries in 1961 as a cooperative response with local governments. In an area designated as a bird sanctuary, the take of wildlife with a gun is prohibited and local law enforcement authority is responsible for enforcing the area's rules. Despite the name, the conservation protection of birds or other wildlife populations is not considered in establishing bird sanctuaries. Since 1961, FWC has established 123 bird sanctuaries in 35 counties, with the last being established in 1996. To better balance the needs and concerns of public, stakeholders, and local governments, the FWC created rules for establishing restricted hunting areas in 1997. This designation prohibits the take of wildlife with a gun in developed areas. Like bird sanctuaries, RHAs have an application requirement and rules that must be enforced by local law enforcement authorities. Hunting within the RHA is allowed through a special permit issued by the Commission. Since 1997, the FWC has established four RHAs in four counties. While RHAs better serve the needs and concerns of the public, stakeholders, and local governments, the rule that establishes RHAs needs improvement. Criteria for establishing RHAs are too subjective and differing opinions or interpretations, which has resulted in legal challenges. The use of settlement agreements to resolve RHA establishment requests has led to inconsistent regulations from one RHA to another causing questions and concerns among communities and hunters. Many hunters have also expressed concern that RHA's, RHA requests are increasing in areas that may not warrant establishment. While many local governments believe the rule does not provide clear criteria for requesting and establishing RHA's where user conflict is ongoing. 
It is important to address these issues now as interest and demand for RHAs has increased significantly in recent years due to increased development adjacent to public land and waters where hunting has commonly occurred for decades. To address the concerns with RHAs and bird sanctuaries, staff worked with numerous stakeholder groups including hunters, community members, local officials, and other interested individuals. We engaged and received input from a variety of stakeholders through four public webinars, an online commenting tool, as well as a direct outreach via phone, email, and virtual meetings. Staff received and reviewed thousands of comments as a result of this broad outreach effort, and that input was considered when developing the following proposed draft rule amendments. First, staff is proposing to eliminate language related to the establishing of bird sanctuaries. Rules for establishing restricted hunting areas were passed in 1997 to better meet the original purpose of bird sanctuaries, which was to address public safety concerns between hunting stakeholders and the public in residential areas. Due to the addition of the RHA designation, bird sanctuaries have not been established since 1996 and are no longer necessary. For requests pertaining to bird protection, we now have the more appropriate mechanism in critical wildlife areas, which can be established under current rule to protect significant concentrations of birds and other wildlife from human disturbance. Critical wildlife area criteria were significantly revised in 2010, reinforcing the importance of protecting key areas of the state from disturbance to fish and wildlife. It is important to note that ex existing established bird sanctuaries and restricted hunting areas would not be affected by the proposed rule changes. The draft rule amendments presented are designed to improve the process for requesting and establishing an RHA by providing clear, objective criteria to establish and enforce RHAs. This will reduce uncertainty and set expectations for all stakeholders. Another desired outcome of the proposed rule change is to help maintain acceptance of hunting by providing spatial separation, which helps address homeowners and local government officials' growing concerns regarding hunting near residents and safety. To establish an RHA under the proposed rule amendments, a local governing body will be required to meet all of the following criteria. Documentation that the proposed RHA has an average dwelling density of not less than one dwelling per acre. This density is consistent with Florida statutes regarding limitations on where firearms may be discharged. A resolution must be passed that clearly states the governing body is seeking the establishment of an RHA. The resolution must include a statement that all residents in the proposed RHA have been contacted and invited to at least one public meeting discussing the resolution before it was passed. Detailed maps and legal descriptions of the proposed RHA must be provided. And finally, they must identify local law enforcement agency or agencies that have agreed to enforce the rules governing the RHA. When all the criteria are met, the FWC will issue a permit authorizing establishment of the restricted hunting area. The local government will be required to enact an ordinance that details the restrictions and exemptions of the RHA. The FWC will be available to assist local governments in developing the language for that ordinance. Any newly established RHA will be limited to the following rules. 
taking game with a firearm within 300 feet of a dwelling will be prohibited unless you are the dwelling owner or have written permission from said owner. Hunting will be allowed anywhere within the RHA that is more than 300 feet from a dwelling. The term dwelling is defined as a shelter built on land in which people live, a house, apartment, or other land-based place of residence. Docks and boathouses are not defined as dwellings. RHAs will not include any FWC or federally owned or managed lands, nor will the 300-foot buffer extend onto these areas. Local law enforcement will have sole responsibility for enforcing RHA rules. And finally, signs must be posted along the entire RHA border. They must be placed at intervals of no more than 500 feet and be easily seen from any point of ingress or egress. For an RHA to be enforceable, it must be posted in accordance with this rule. Input from respondents on the proposed changes varied between supportive and non-supportive, though a unifying theme was the agreement that rule changes were needed. Stakeholders supporting the proposed rule changes approved of its focused application rather than implementing these changes statewide. Many also expressed the rule provides a balanced approach to reducing conflict. The most common concerns from stakeholders included the potential for loss of hunting opportunity when the 300-foot buffer from a dwelling extends over public waters and as lake shores continue to be developed on popular and traditional duck hunting lakes. Some also question the need for this rule since existing Florida statutes dictate requirements regarding the safe discharge of firearms. Others suggested that if a hunter fires in a safe direction away from dwellings, the hunter should be allowed to hunt within the 300-foot buffer. Staff believe the proposed rules would complement current statutes by addressing specific concerns related to taking game with a firearm near residences. An exemption for direction of fire would likely not fulfill one of the core purposes of restricted hunting areas, which is to ma maintain acceptance of hunting by providing appropriate spatial separation where homeowner and hunter conflicts are ongoing. We consider these and all other comments while developing the proposed rule amendments that focus on addressing community-specific concerns while minimizing the impact to hunting stakeholders. I would also like to take this time to thank those stakeholders who have engaged us during this process, many of, what, of which you will hear from today, including those who represent a large number of interested parties. Although those you hear from today may have differing opinions on how we achieve the goals of this rule, it should be recognized that all have engaged thoughtfully and respectfully, spending many hours helping address this topic with the shared interest of finding the best solution to the issue. In conclusion, commissioners, staff recommends approval of the draft amendments to Rule 68A, 19006, 19004, 19002, 14001, and 1004 FAC for advertisement. Staff will continue working with stakeholders and bring this item back to the commission for final adoption at the commission's May 2020 meeting. Thank you, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Commissioners, any questions for uh, George? Hey, it's Travis. I'm going to interrupt right here to point something out in case you're just casually listening. This is the point where Commissioner Soule, who I think very highly of, uh, pauses to ask about the New York rule and the restricted hunting area. And I want you to listen carefully to the answer he has given because it doesn't explain why we cannot have a New York type rule in our state. It doesn't explain why all, all 
the answer that is given is, is about this mysterious spatial separation. Yeah, real quick, uh, Chair. One of the, the comments, and I'd just like you to, you mentioned it in your talking points, but we received some several comments with respect to adopting the New York proposal of, of as long as you're shooting away from the house. Can you reiterate why we, we don't feel that that's an, uh, an appropriate strategy? Absolutely. Thanks, Vice Chair. So the New York rule uh, is one that's been on the books in New York for a long time and is established to address safety and does so effectively, allowing hunters that are firing in a safe direction to be anywhere within those defined no hunting boundaries in New York. The difference in the restricted hunting area rule and the bird sanctuary rule before it is a core component with spatial separation in areas of acute need, areas and only areas where the problem was happening of stakeholder interaction, negative stakeholder interaction at lakefronts. So the core, uh, one of the core goals of this RHA rule is to maintain uh, a, a appropriate spatial separation that addresses those concerns. Uh, we looked at this uh, from every angle we could and looking at an exemption uh, that allows one to hunt within that buffer would not achieve those goals of spatial separation. Thank you, George. That answer my question, Chairman. Okay, thank you. Um, any, any other commissioners have any questions? Seeing none, uh, Vice Chair Sol, you wanna? You got it, Chair. Thank All you. Right. Those wishing to provide testimony on this item should call the number on your screen now. Uh, you will be put into the queue. As a reminder, please uh, mute your phone, or excuse me, don't mute your phone. Uh, your uh, computer or laptop um, and at that time when it's your turn to speak you will hear a prompt that says you've been unmuted you have the floor or it says your microphone has been turned on you have the floor please introduce yourself and your affiliation you'll have three minutes to provide public testimony at the conclusion of that three minutes, you will hear the prompt that says you have been muted. And that point, you uh, have concluded your testimony. Uh, we have an hour for public comment, Chairman. And at this time, the lines are open. And we already have several callers already in the queue. So I'm going to open it right up and ask the operator to bring our first speaker into the, into the commission. Good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon. My name is Richard Martinez, representing the Florida chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. I'd like to thank the commission for the opportunity to speak and also to thank the staff for the presentation and all the work that goes into these meetings. The Florida chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers recognize rapid development is increasing across our state and Florida is changing every day. We understand the need to establish clear criteria for the municipalities seeking options to avoid conflicts along our shoreline. But hunting isn't to blame here. We agree with staff believe a long-term solution should be established to address the concerns of our local communities, but we must consider the protection of traditional access and positive promotion of recreational hunting. We believe the name of this proposal is problematic. It has and will continue to lead folks towards confusion. Our chapter would like the commission to reconsider the term restricted hunting and consider something to the effect of buffer or safety zone. 
Florida law already prohibits firing towards a dwelling, but we agree with other stakeholders who may speak uh, to this effect shortly that a directional component uh, similar to that of New York be included. We believe this would help all stakeholders clearly understand that this is about safety and not denigrating waterfowlers in a community. Alligator hunting uh, would still be permissible within an RHA, which in itself may lead to conflict and confusion, but I think it illustrates that the RHA proposal is about shooting guns near people's houses. If a state like New York has been successful in avoiding conflicts with the directional component, we believe Florida could apply similar languages to these lakes which are being built upon every day. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate your comments. Operator, can we have our next speaker, please? Good afternoon and welcome. Speaker, are you there? Operator, can we get our next speaker, please? Good afternoon. Welcome. Good afternoon, Commissioner Soule. This is Chuck Etchnick again. Um, I'd like to thank George and uh, the staff for including me in this uh, conversation and this, this project from the very beginning. Uh, this was something that I've been working on since before the RHA proposal. I worked with uh, Diane Egeman and uh, some other staff members prior when this was merely the bird sanctuary rule. Um, there's another important aspect to this that I don't think is being discussed enough. And, and all semantics and names aside, I, what it's being called, I could care less. What's important to know about this specific RHA is that what we're doing is we are rescinding the old bird sanctuary rule under 68A1904 and replacing it with the RHA. And that's important. We can't just rescind and put in a directional component. The reason, the main reason for me that it was important to work on this was that it limits local governments from creating no hunting areas of their own volition. They must seek the approval of FWC and meet very stringent criteria that do not qualify for the, um, the, the special habitat uh, designations. And why that's important is when it comes to governmental oversight and when it comes to law, those things which are not expressly prohibited must be allowed. So if we don't have guidance and we don't have this rule in effect, then it basically gives these local governments and municipalities carte blanche to create no hunting zones. And we have the same problem, again, that we used to have in Pinellas County prior to 2011, where after years and years of applying for bird sanctuary and not getting it, the Board of County Commissioners just decided to do it on their own. And we lost hunting in Pinellas County from 1985 until 2011. So it's very important that we passed this uh, recommendation under staff's proposal as written because it, it ensures against that, that uh, overreach from those local governments. 
and it gives deference to FWC's guidance. It protects hunting in these areas with the exception of the small buffer and cannot close hunting uh, except by firearm within that buffer zone, that, that 300 feet of a dwelling. So it's, it's extremely important that we get this enacted. It will actually reduce the conflicts over a long period of time and ensure that more hunting is um, protected and continues in traditional hunting areas. And with that, I thank you again for your time. Thank you, Chuck. Good context. All right, operator, can we get our next speaker? Good afternoon. Welcome. Hey, good afternoon, Commission. Uh, my name is Chris Spencer. I'm a resident and user of the public lands and waters of our state. Uh, first, I just want to thank you for your efforts in clarifying the current RHA bird sanctuary rule. Uh, we are in agreement that it is uh, desperately needed. However, I do not fully agree with the rule proposal as written. Um, as our state is suffering from an ever-increasing influx of new residents and continued development along the shorelines of our lakes, um, I feel that the current language potentially serves as a weapon for local municipalities to restrict hunting in areas that have historically been open to hunters. Uh, not to mention the potential confusion that may arise for homeowners who find themselves inside of an RHA but still having to deal with individuals hunting and shooting nearby or individuals attempting to fill gator tags. And as such, I fully support a revision of the current RHA bird sanctuary rule, but with included language supporting a directional component like that found the RHA draft rule. Stakeholder letter has been signed by stakeholders from around our state and multiple NGOs. And although the commission mentioned reference the New York rule, I wager that this idea or possibility of spatial separation is going to be harder and harder to achieve at the detriment of public access. Um, hopefully we can come to a middle ground that helps protect FWC from litigation, but also ensures that developers and municipalities don't have the ability to restrict hunting opportunities for us or the generations to follow. And I just want to thank you for your time. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate calling in. Operator, our next speaker, please. Caller, are you there? Hey, can you hear me? This is Fletcher. Sure. I'm a, an avid outdoorsman and sixth generation Floridian. I grew up deer hunting, hog hunting, and other small game here in Florida. Um, growing up, I never hunted waterfowl. However, I've been learning the sport over the last few years. Um, for several years leading up to jumping in headfirst into waterfowling, I spent lots of time researching, but, would, but was discouraged to start waterfowling because of the confusing rules and regulations. So. In my opinion, by having this new RHA rule, we would be hurting the R3 initiative even more. I hear a whole lot from FWC and other state organizations about R3. However, when we start talking about new rules like this, I see that those kind of initiatives go by the wayside. Um, for me, if a long-life sportsman, if a, if a lifelong sportsman has a problem learning these, these rules and regulations, how can we expect a non-outdoorsman to do the same thing? Um, I fully support taking a directional component from the New York rule into this one. I'm not, I don't think we should adopt the full New York rule, but I do think a directional component would be um, a great idea. That's really all I had to say, um, but I appreciate all of you taking the time today. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your calling in. Operator, our next speaker, please. Good afternoon and welcome. Hi, commissioners. My name is uh, Steve Whittem. I'm a... Uh, avid outdoorsman here in Florida. Um, I mean, Chris and Fletcher basically uh, echoed my sentiments. 
I'd like to voice my opposition to the uh, rule currently as drafted and would like to support a directional component much like that of uh, New York. And uh, thank you for your time. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate you calling in. Operator, our next speaker. Good afternoon and welcome. Good evening. Um, this is Mike Melton again. Uh, I just wanted to echo the statements that came before me. I think that the rule should have some sort of directional component within that uh, boundary. And also, uh, I agree with uh, Richard Martinez in that the, the zone should be renamed uh, to something less aggressive like buffer zone or safety zone. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Operator, our next speaker, please. Welcome. Uh, good afternoon, commissioners. Uh, first off, I want to thank you guys for being here today and listening to us. My name is Peter Arcuri. I'm a 24-year-old lifelong Floridian, and I'm an avid duck hunter. I want to say that I do not support the current RHA proposal as it is written, and I really believe some changes need to be made to this before we move forward. Uh, first off, as the rule is written now, there's no ability for FWC to deny an RHA request. So if the city or local government meets those RHA requirements, you know, then boom, they get the RHA. This doesn't really make sense to me. There needs to be a way to look at each application on a case-by-case -case basis and deny an RHA if it will have major negative implications on duck hunting. For instance, like this is just one example, but let's take Lake Toho in Osceola County. If Osceola County applied for an RHA and met the requirements, the commission should have the, abil uh, the ability to recognize Lake Toho's significance on the Florida duck hunting landscape and deny the request no matter what. Uh, that's just one example of uh, lakes around our state that are experiencing heavy development. But, you know, certain body, water bodies in our state have more duck hunting importance than others, and they should be protected forever. Secondly, I'd like to say and ask the commission to consider the directional component. Um, I supported that letter that was sent to you guys proposing this already. And as was mentioned, New York has this rule and the component, so there's evidence that it can work. Um, and even if an RHA is established on a lake, you know, as long as the hunter is shooting away from the house, um, they should be protected. Um, Finally, just one thing I, that caught my attention from the earlier meeting, uh, during the WMA rule change discussion, there was a developer that asked about a buffer zone next to a WMA. Uh, I think it was Commissioner Barreto that mentioned an example about Miami-Dade County and them building homes up to the energy plant. Well, um, he stated that as homes are built next to WMAs, people need to be aware that hunting will still continue. He even mentioned educating homeowners that hunting will go on inside of the WMA. So this is exactly what is happening right now with RHAs on our public lakes. So what is the difference here? What is the difference here, and why are we willing to protect our hunting rights in our WMAs and not in our public lakes? Why does duck hunting need spatial separation for improved hunter acceptance, but a neighborhood next to a WMA doesn't? So where is the data that you know requires this special separation for duck hunting? But that's all I have to say today, commissioners. Thank you so much for listening um, to my comments. Have a good one. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate you calling in. All right, operator, our next speaker. And, Chairman, we still have about a dozen speakers, just for your knowledge. Thank you. Hello, Dan. Yeah, welcome. Good afternoon. Hi. Um, my name is John Schiller. I first want to thank you guys for uh, letting everybody say what's on their mind. Um, I am a public land waterfowler, and the reason I joined this meeting today was to clarify that some of these super stakeholders um, do not speak on my behalf. 
because I do not support this RHA proposal, and I know many others who feel the same who are going to voice their opinion as well. Um, I'm only 24 years old, but I already talk about the good times with most of my hunting buddies as if they were a couple decades ago, even though they're only a couple of years ago. There's many factors that play into duck hunting, but the most unavoidable one is the need for areas where the ducks want to be. Unfortunately, we don't have the luxury of hunting anywhere we want, but most people can move virtually anywhere they want and put a house there. Um, development in Florida continues at an alarming rate for duck hunters, and with this new proposal, I only see new obstacles to overcome, which intimidates people to get into the sport. Um, I think it would be nice for a change if it didn't seem like duck hunters were being thrown on the rug. Um, anyways, I don't support this RHA proposal, but if it comes down to it, I would at least like to see some more input given on this, some more science behind it, and maybe add the directional component like many others have already said. Um, I just want to thank you guys again for your time, and I also want to invite any of the FWC staff today to come out and duck hunt with me and I'll show you why it's one of the best things about Florida in my opinion and I'll teach every single one of you how to traverse the hoops that public land waterfowlers have to jump through at this point. Thank you for your time guys. Where do you hunt John? Uh, wherever there's water sir, wherever I'm allowed to. <laughs> Good answer. Alright, thank you for calling in today. No problem, thank you guys. Alright, operator, our, our next caller please. Good afternoon thank and welcome. Guys. Yeah, thank yeah. you guys. Newton Cook, United Waterfowlers. Uh, uh, I think some somebody needs to go to marketing class, uh, restricting hunting areas. Uh, that's like waving a red flag in front of a bull, using that word restricted in hunting. Uh, see, there's a lot of controversy about this. I think we all know that. A couple of things I want to address. First, United Waterfowlers Board voted to recommend the language as per the staff. There's a reason for that, and that's because we've been working with staff for over five years as they negotiated, I think it's four, of these restricted hunting areas with different cities and towns. And it, it, the legal staff will tell you every one of them could have ended up in a lawsuit, and we could have ended up in front of a judge, an administrative judge, and that administrative judge would have written this rule, not the FWC. And that is the fear, because what this rule has to do is not only satisfy us, and believe me, I'm a duck hunter, and we love duck hunting, and we know the restrictions, we know the hoops, but it also has to satisfy the, the towns, because if it doesn't satisfy them, they're going to sue. And when they sue, we're going to end up in front of a, of a judge, and that's not going to be good for the minority with the minority, and that's what duck hunters are. So we support the rule as written, and obviously we would support amendments to it uh, if, if they did what we needed to do. Now, a couple of things. This New York situation. In New York, they have a 500-foot rule. We don't have a rule in Florida. There is no rule because it went away with the gun law. What we do have is the projectile pass, trespass rule. So you can shoot in any direction you want. There's no reason to have a directional rule because you can shoot in any direction you want in Florida, on the water, on the land. And this all also applies to land, not just duck hunters. We 
just cannot shoot over a property line. So you can back right up to a property line and you can shoot as, as long as you want. And you can go off that property line and shoot back at the property as long as you want, as long as you don't do a protector trespass. And a lot of red herrings have been thrown up on this particular rule. New York has no hunting in the metropolitan areas and the urban areas because they have a gun law that prevents it. Their restricted hunting law has nothing to do with hunting in urban areas, only in rural areas. So that red herring has to go. It's a very difficult issue for us because duck hunters are passionate and God bless them all. I, I love them whether they hate me or not because of our positions we have to take. But we need this rule. We need it in the books so that it is precedent and we don't get in front of a judge with no precedent and the judge writes the rule. So that is not going to be good for duck hunters. And thank you thank guys you. And, th and thanks to the legal staff for five years of hard work. Thank you. Thank you, Newton. All right, operator, our next speaker, please. Good afternoon and welcome. Hi, my name is Elizabeth Bland, and I'm here to read a public comment from Dan Daniels. He states, Commissioners, I understand the desires and motivations in attempting to draft a rule change regarding RHAs, and I'd like to work with the agency in drafting a fundamentally sound rule that achieves your primary objectives. That being said, one of the objectives in the 5F presentation located on page 6, FWC staff states, another desired outcome of the proposed rule changes is to help maintain acceptance of hunting by providing spatial separation, which helps address homeowners and local government officials' grow, growing concerns regarding hunting near residents and safety. My question now is, where is an existing data set or real-time example where spatial separation has maintained the goal of the acceptance of hunting? Also, where is the evidence of hunting not being safe? There is a public perception issue, not an evidence-based issue. If we agree, based on projected population dynamics, that development is going to most likely continue and expand in areas that interface with hunting, how can we maintain that desired spatial separation over time? The RHA will, in essence, fail to provide, those, provide the hopes for space under the pressure of expanding development, and then the RHA itself will have to be expanded over time if it, if it is to provide spatial separation. I'm asking directly for the Commission to please represent and defend public waterfowl hunting. It is undeniable that hunting is losing favor with the general public. If spatial separation was a way to improve this construct, then why isn't it working in other states that have adopted similar rules? Countless other wildlife agencies have shared their concerns about decreasing participation, decreased acceptance, and lack or new hunters of lack of new hunters joining the ranks. Prior to COVID, there was no state or province in North America where hunting license sales and acceptance of hunting was improving, even with robust R3 programs in place. Again, I understand the desire to adopt a rule change, but I believe this proposed rule change needs to be amended and worked on to be a better tool in its attempts to meet the staff's stated objectives. I'm asking directly that the Commission wait before drafting this rule change, and I would also ask the Commission to request that staff amend the rule to better protect the hunting legacy on the landscape. The unique thing about today's proposed rule is that most interest agree that we should try to get something done along this front 
But my assessment, after lots of research and discussion, is that this current version of a proposal isn't sufficient. I am, however, confident that with a slightly more robust rule that takes into consideration some legitimate hunter concerns, we can better ensure that an agency proposal could still be drafted that better accommodates all stakeholders' concerns. Thank you for your commitment to the state's wildlife resources. Signed, Dan Daniel. Thank you, Elizabeth. Well done. You're very welcome. All right. Operator, let's get our next caller. Good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon. Um, my name is Brian Cottingham. I'm a fourth generation Floridian and a Florida public land waterfowler. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to thank the commissioners and the FWC staff for allowing us the time to speak on this matter. Um, I'm speaking today to oppose the RHA rule as it is written. I believe that there needs to be a directional component installed into this rule. It, when you pass a proposal like this, you are taking away one very important part, important, important part of hunting, which is R3, and the main part of it being recruitment, because when you limit access you lack recruitment and most of my other points have already been touched on by everybody else and again i just want to say thank you the commissioners and the staff thank you brian appreciate you calling all right operator can we get our next speaker please good afternoon and welcome hey this is travis thompson um you guys are probably familiar with me a little bit. I'm getting ready to for uh, red herring season to start running red herring charters. I uh, the uh, the letter that you received. I, I'm one of the the ringleaders kind of on that that helped develop that and create that. That letter was not so much to ask you to adopt the New York rule as it was to show that there we feel like there is a miss from a public waterfowler's perspective. And it's easy for the agency, and to George, George's credit, his team did an amazing job of reaching out to stakeholders and engaging. Uh, Travis Franklin from law enforcement, they, they did a fantastic job. But we've had some really hard discussions about this, and I think if you look at that list of the NGOs on it, you're looking at a list of about 6.5 million stakeholders spread out. You're list, looking at a list that includes the, the firearms industry. These are people paying attention to this discussion because they're viewing it as a thing that is going to impact both conservation and hunting in our state in the future. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you guys my story, but the past eight years I've tracked every hunt I've done, and I've run 470 hunts, and 469 of them have been on public land, non-quota. They've been on the lakes that are affected in this. And the gentlemen that have called in and the ladies that have called in, they're out there every day on these lakes. And I'm watching these lakes get sucked in by development day after day after day after day. And while I understand staff's impetus for the current RHA rule or the proposed RHA rule, and I understand what it's born out of, I think there need to be some concessions made or some changes made bend towards the waterfowl hunter a little bit more. Conservation, I, I, wrote, it this, I wrote it down, conservation may be played out in huge swaths of land and elk tags and easements, but it's born in John Boats and Waders and Saturday mornings. That's an important thing for you guys as commissioners to remember as we're going through this. I do what I do for the reasons I do it to make sure that I'm still at the same entry level that we ask these R3 people to come into. I hold myself to the same standard that we're recruiting people into the sport at, and I ask them to come out there on those lakes and hunt. And I've had 122 people in the past five seasons kill their first duck on my boat. 
You want to talk about an R3 program? We're doing an R3 program. We've done school teachers, we've done environmentalists, we've done bird watchers, and don't hold this against me, we've done some elected officials. They've killed their first ducks on our boat. But in all those cases, we have conversations about the encroachment of development. Commissioner Barreto hit on it earlier in his, in his remarks about the WMA. That's another thing that we'd be interested in. We are, we are interested in working with staff to come up with some concessions that provide better protections even as development grows. The RHA draft as proposed today might not affect anything, but if you look at the 10-year development plans for Okahomka, for Toho, for the myriad of lakes across our state that we frequent on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings and Tuesday afternoons, there are going to be impacts that are going to be felt from a recruitment standpoint, and that's going to translate into conservation and wildlife resource management. And that's a that's a hard hard pill for us to swallow. I, right, that's my it. comments on that. Real quick, uh, I, real quick, I just wanted to point out that there was a, a snake trapper on the Python discussion this morning, and Gordon Vega was on there. I just wanted to make that note while I had the floor. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Travis. Have a good day. Appreciate your comments. Thank you. Operator, can we get our next speaker, please? Good afternoon and welcome. Yes, my name is Michael Keaton. I'm a stakeholder, um, duck hunter, fisherman, mostly Central Florida, Lake Toho, especially. Um, and I want to, you know, just echo what Travis just said. You know, he, about the growth on these lakes. Also, I want to talk about the spatial separation. I live on Lake Tahoe. I live about a mile and a quarter from um, Big Grassy, which is most duck hunters know used to be one of the best duck hunting spots in the state. And a mile and a quarter away, I can still hear gunshots in my bedroom. So the spatial separation at 300 feet is not going to mean anything to a homeowner. And, you know, I'm against the RHA as it's written. I'd like to see a directional component, and I appreciate you guys putting this online so we can uh, do this while we still work during the day. <laughs> and I appreciate your time, and I and I really appreciate your your staff and your your field people, uh, your biologists and and the LEOs out in the field. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate you calling in. All right. All right, operator. Our next speaker, please. Good afternoon and welcome. Hi, my name is Trevor Dunlap. Um, thank you for, um, first I'll say where I live. I live in Central Florida near Orlando, and I'm a new duck hunter. Um, I was just calling today to voice my opinion in um, against the new RHA rule and the fact that as a new hunter, it's hard enough to find places close to where I live that I can go and hunt ducks and do it legally without having um, an issue with local law enforcement or even with FWC. And um, I think that a directional component will help clarify some of the um, vague rules and such about um, where we can and can't go. Um, I just wanted to echo my thoughts about that. and with some of these other people that have already gone. Um, thank you for giving me the time, and thanks for all you guys do. Thank you, Trevor. Appreciate you calling in. All right, operator, our next speaker, please.
and welcome. Yeah. Hi, my, my name is David Rodriguez. I'm with the Florida chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and I want to echo the sentiments of Richard Martinez, Mike, Mike Mountain, Steve Whittem, Travis Thompson. Uh, I oppose the RHA proposal as written. I'm an avid duck hunter, and I think that uh, we could revisit this and make it more beneficial for all. So thank you. Thank you, David. Appreciate you calling in. Operator, can we get our next speaker, please? Good afternoon and welcome. Uh, yes, hello, commissioners. We got you. Hello, sorry, this is my first call, so I wanted to make sure I was live. You're doing great. <laughs> All right, well, first off, my name's Stacey Whittem. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day um, to hear public comments. I know it's been a long day for you all, so I'll keep it really short. I'm a new public waterfowler, public land waterfowler and hunter. I'm also a member of the American Daughters of Conservation and Artemis Sportswomen. I'm, com I'm commenting today in support of the letter that was submitted to the commission referencing the New York rule. It is similar to the 790.15, but adding a directional component. Thank you again for your time. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate you calling in. Yep. All right, operator, our next speaker, please. Good afternoon and welcome. Hey, Commissioners, Mike Elfenbein speaking as Mike Elfenbein. I, I promised myself and others that I would not wade into this issue. I just can't help it. Um, How did that work out, Mike? That that, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the comments by that developer earlier on the Orange Hammock really have me stirring. Um, you know, I'm driving through Sarasota County as I speak to you right now, and I am watching as our habitat and the places that we recreate um, and our wildlife exists is disappearing. I mean, literally before my eyes. Um, and, and, and knowing that this isn't going to stop because we have a thousand people a day coming here. And I, I can't help but wonder if there's a way that this issue isn't so pressing that we have to make a decision today where we might take this and, and, and take a, a look at it outside the box. And, and what I mean by that is Maybe it's time that we address our conservation issues and the fact that we're losing habitat, losing land. Uh, we have a Florida Wildlife Corridor initiative in the state. We know that the development close to water bodies is contributing to the eutrophication of those water bodies. Perhaps, perhaps those barriers and safety zones should be implemented on the developers. Perhaps when they develop land, they should have to create those quarter or half mile buffers from their property line in instead of their property line out. Why should the public and the people and the wildlife of the state of Florida continue to pay the prices for developers and the snowbirds who are moving here to have, uh, you know, land that they can come and visit for three months out of the year while they rent it out for the other nine months out of the year? Perhaps those, perhaps those uh, cumbersome um, rules should be placed on, on those people and, and not on the people of Florida, not on the wildlife of Florida, not on our habitat. Um, just a thought. Maybe we could review this differently and take it in a different direction. I appreciate all your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you calling in. Operator, can we get our next speaker, please? Good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon, Bill George, once again. Um, I, I understand. I, I listen to people like Chuck and Newton they understand the issues that we're fighting and i've talked to george we have the, the old rule needs to go away and we need a new rule but 
I'm not too sure exactly what that rule needs to be or how it needs to be shaped. I, I, I hear uh, the chairman talk about, you know, being able to turn around and keep that wildlife management area open. And we talk about not allowing it to encroach on our lands, being WA federal state lands, but yet our sovereign submerged lands are under siege uh, in, in this area. And I don't think, you know, those should be any less protected than the land of the WMA. I think they all should be protected. I can turn around, if you do it around and create a, a RHA, I could go out there with a skeet thrower and legally shoot skeet, okay? Is that right that I can do that and not safely hunt a duck? I don't know what the right answer is. I think you have a very challenging position, but I hate seeing the sportsman constantly being the one doing all the giving and not, not, not you know, the other side. Um, but I do, I do fully, uh, you know, understand the challenges you face legally, and I know we need to get a, a, to a safe place. I just don't, don't know what that is. But uh, once again, consider sovereign submerged lands just like you would the WMA or state lands. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. All right, I think we have three more speakers. Operator, can we get our next speaker, please? Good afternoon and welcome. What? While we're, wait, we're waiting for the speaker, I'll just want to remind everybody this is a draft rule. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right, caller, are you there? Welcome. Hello, commit. We got you. There you go. Hello, commissioners. My name is Chad Rashar, and I'm a property owner and most specifically a duck hunter in southern Clay County. Provided I live in a rural and suburban region of Clay County, much, much of my local duck hunting pursuits include residential dwellings adjacent to my primary hunting locations. It's not uncommon for my duck hunting pursuits to be within safe sight distance of residential dwellings. Throughout my 13 years of duck hunting here in Florida, I've never experienced an issue uh, hunting suburban lakes safety issues with residents or encounter realistic problems that would necessitate the RHA rule development or adoption by rule. Based on my summation of the proposed RHA rule language, I'm suggesting that FWC revisit, one, the desired future outcome of the RHA rule language intent and merits, two, consider reanalyzing the anticipated necessity of the rule language, three, further evaluate staff recommendations regarding the specific intent of the RHA as they paint the hunting and overall hunting pursuits in areas where residential dwellings are present. Fourth and finally, consider future residential plan development and land use zoning as it specifically pertains to reduce hunting access, future access for water ventures for myself, my children, and those in the womb of time. Thank you, commissioners. Thank you, Chad. Appreciate you calling in. All right, operator, our next caller, please. Good afternoon and welcome. Unfortunately, you're very broken up. Can you hear me better? Much better. Thank you. Well done. 
Gentlemen, thank you for your time. Thank you for all that you guys do for us and the resource. Um, my name is Wesley Carter, um, and I live in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, I'm a local chairman for Delta Waterfowl. Um, not only am I an avid waterfowl hunter, but also I'm a real estate agent. So I've got personal vested interest in both sides of this. And that being said, I oppose the RHA rule as written. Um, I, I simply can't get behind this rule change because not only what it means to me and my fellow waterfowl hunters, but also what it means for generations to come. Um, I understand at the forefront of this is public safety concern, and I also understand that rules are being made to further acceptance of hunting in the public eye. Uh, however, my great concern is these things, these rule changes, are punitive to public waterfowl hunters. While you can still be able to participate in gator hunting, archery, or target shooting within these RHAs, Hanging in the balance here is our generational right to hunt prime waterfowl territory. Uh, these are rights that are continuously under fire, as you know. If we give an inch on this, surely a mile will be gone. Um, in Florida, at least in the panhandle where I live, we don't have many private duck clubs to go join. Most of our prime waterfowl hunting is done on these public waters. Um, and it's right behind the ever-expanding development of our shoreline. If new RHAs start popping up and they're established, we are forced out. Guys, we'll be forced to cram into the only legal waters that remain. What is already a congested mess of hunting public land, it becomes increasingly unsafe for us. Waterfowl numbers, they continue to dwindle every year. But you would never know it because it's never felt so overcrowded because of the lack of hunting access. Um, on the topic of unsafe I have great concerns for this rule change. If you tell people they cannot hunt within 300 feet of a dwelling, my grave fear is they will go anchor out just beyond that boundary, and you have to deal with the unintended consequences of birds cutting between the hunters and the home, them swinging into the bird, and accidentally shooting someone in the yard. I'm not saying that that could happen or it will happen, but it may. Gentlemen, please consider adding a directional component to this. Let us better educate and enforce the trespassing laws that are already in place. Thank you so much for your time, guys. Thank you, Wesley. Appreciate you calling in. All right, operator, can you please put what I believe is our last caller on this item? Good afternoon and welcome. Caller, are you there? Caller. Operator. Somebody. All right, Chairman, I believe if we have any other callers, Operator, if you put them on now, I think they've dropped. So uh, I think that concludes public testimony on this item. I'll bring it back to you, Chairman. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> Thank you, uh, Captain Soul. Um, if uh, does anybody have any uh, questions for George, we'll bring George back up. Commissioners, any discussion? Yeah, I've got it's one question, a... Chairman. Yes, sir, Commissioner Spotwood. Just, just, just to give everyone a chance to weigh in and maybe you know, have staff think about it before our next um, reading. But um, I was, I was um, um, taken by the comment 
by one of the speakers that said that that there's no um, discretion on our part in granting a permit to enact an ordinance if they met these four simple criteria. And and um, I'm wondering if we don't think staff shouldn't consider some sort of balancing of interest test where you know there there could be some some um, subjective um, determination on our part if if we really felt that the um, you know the taking away of, of, of hunting opportunities um, in that particular circumstance just wasn't warranted um, and I'm I'm not certain that, that that's a direction we should go but I think we should talk about it so maybe if you okay. want to have George address that um, that'd be good George you there yes I am Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Commissioner Spotswood. Uh, we absolutely uh, can take a look at that uh, in this uh, moving forward. Um, we certainly can look at, at options that have a stopgap or um, uh, specific uh, triggers that would allow this to go uh, either through the executive director back to the commission or some other type of trigger that would allow uh, something that gave us pause, uh, even if criteria was met, to uh, come before the commission before being approved and we can work with the legal office to better define what that is before coming back to the commission thank you george hey chairman just yes. just on that yes. note because because i was a little concerned about that and you know it goes both ways and as as a regulated entity i always like to know what the rules are and know what what would comply and just be able to assume you can execute but the one thing that you know, all bodies of water are different. 300 feet, you know, could restrict quite a bit of huntable area. And maybe, George, if, if you look at it with respect to that as, as some discretion with the, the agency, with the commission, in determining whether or not it results in exclusion of a significant amount of huntable area, because that is the issue. Um, you know, I'm uh, public wa uh, water duck hunter myself. I, I know the challenges uh, that exist out on those waters. And <clears throat> while I, I like to think most of the time people are courteous about it and therefore there's usually adequate buffer on homes, sometimes there's not. So I also see the conflict issue as well that we've got to, we've got to wrestle with. So uh, just a recommendation. George, you get yes, that? Okay, yes, good. sir. Thank you. Okay, anybody else? Mr. Nicholas. Hey, it's me again. And I'm going to interrupt right here to point out Commissioner Nicholas is going to now talk about why the directional component is already protected in other statute. And he's going to e echo the only one of the only two dissenting comments that you heard in the public comment session. Um, those came from Chuck Echenicki and Newton Cook. And he's going to talk about how directional protections already protected by state statute to which I kind of laughingly say, so is shooting someone or their house or their property or their boat or their dock or their dog or anything else. Hence the re reason the rule doesn't need to exist. But I digress, but I'm going to let you listen to that right here. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, so I think this is a, uh pretty complicated uh, issue we have. Uh, one that we're in a position where we're trying to protect 
uh, you know, hunting areas, but we're also trying to keep, you know, homeowners that have uh, an issue with safety, trying to keep them comfortable with the safety that, that we provide with our rules. So with that, I mean, I think that some of the people that kept talking about the directional component, um, I think, uh, I don't know if it was Newton or if it was someone else that said that, you know, the directional component isn't necessary because we have a projectile trespassing law in the state of Florida. Um, so if, if, if we make sure that that is clear, then we can get rid of the directional component. But I think that it goes back to what you said earlier, Mr. Chairman, about uh, development and, um, you know, I think that we need to be proactive going forward and, and look at, you know, the state's development plans and look at, uh, you know, the lakes that are out there, you know, make designations now so that when developments come in, if they want to build on these lakes, they have to build their buffer. I agree with that, you know, and, and future development. Existing developments, I think that we have an issue that we have to deal with. Um, but I think that, you know, we need to protect the future um, against the you know, development on lakes that have existing hunting rights now. I agree. I agree. George, you got that? Yes, sir. Thank you. Anybody else? I'll, I'll entertain a motion to approve the draft rule. I'll make a motion. Moved Second. by Commissioner Cruz. Seconded by Commissioner uh, Spotwitz. I'll call the roll. Commissioner Soule? Aye. Commissioner Spotwitz? Aye. Commissioner Hudson? Aye. Commissioner Nicholas? Aye. Commissioner Root? Aye. Okay, that passes. Uh, real quick. I know it's been a long day. Uh, just two quick little items I want to share. There you have it. The February 2021 commission meeting restricted hunting area rule discussion. Uh, somehow with all of that pushback, there was no questioning by staff as to the validity of our concerns. Uh, I think you heard it mentioned that staff was going to go back and work with stakeholders. I think what they should have said was staff was going to come back and tell stakeholders the exact same thing. And here we are on the eve of the August commission meeting. And it looks like this rule is going to be exactly the same rule that was presented in February. Not sure how anyone in the hunting community is okay with that. I'm a little bit baffled by it. And I'm for damn sure not certain how anyone who wants there to be hunting on the landscape long-term in our state is okay with that. I recognize that other states have distance rules. I recognize that other states have directional protections. I recognize that other states have different things, but there's only other one other state that is close in size and population to Florida, and that's New York. And they've got something very similar to what we asked the, the FWC to consider. Now my position is we don't need this rule at all. And my position has never changed on that. My position has always been we don't need this rule. I was trying to compromise with the New York rule. Uh, evidently, the agency was not interested in any sort of compromise on it. So here we are. There's the commission meeting in its entirety. My edit editorializations were added on top, but there is nothing that has been removed from 
lengthy comments or anything else. You can hear them in their entirety. Make up your own mind. Uh, hope you guys uh, enjoy this <laughs> in as much as you can enjoy it. But I think this is the sausage is being made, right? Like it's a thing that we love to to kind of bitch and moan about. But at the end of the day, if we're not willing to get engaged in the process, we're never going to see change happen. So this is the way to get engaged to it. We thought this would be a creative way to bring some of that back to you guys. And, and hopefully uh, you enjoyed this. Ping me with any questions you got, any concerns you got. If you want to ride on the bus to Fort Myers for the August commission meeting, please let me know. Please consider how important this is uh, to the future of hunting in our state. And I uh, thank you guys all for listening to us. Hope everyone has a great week.